Well, once again, in other words, the Bodgers. It appears we have a series on our hands. Anyway, it's been quite a good day, really, up till now. Nice lion, pub lunch, shopping, got a new outfit, lovely meal, then on to the theatre. Just a perfect, relaxing, enjoyable day. And then this. In other words, the Bodgers. <coughs> good evening. I'm a new stand up comic. I speak very slowly. What do we want? We don't know. What do we want? We don't know. What do we want? We don't know. When do we want it? No. When do we want it? No. seven marches after all. But I've been in this group a month longer than you have. Just because you did that, it doesn't automatically qualify okay, okay. you. How many black friends have you got? <laughs> oh, come on, that's hardly the point. Well, how many? Three. Ha. I happen to have seven black friends. And I know a lesbian. <laughs> I was arrested once. I was arrested and beaten up. I got charged. What with? Breach of the peace. I got charged with assault. I was kept in overnight. I've had mumps twice! <laughs> I had mumps and German measles at the same time! My train sets are Hornby! <laughs> oh, look, John, this is getting us nowhere. Look, why don't you be secretary? Can I really? Yeah. Could I have the big badge? Oh, you're not getting the big badge? Oh, you had the big badge. No, way. no secretary. No look, way. if I don't get the big badge, I'm not going to get the Very. Very. Slowly, indeed, with long pauses. I'd now like to tell a joke. Uh, what are you doing, Murray? Well, I'm, I'm just linking, you know. Yep. What, what are you linking about? What? I'm just linking about paintings. Well, what about them? I'm just wondering, like, I was in an art gallery the other day, looking at a couple of paintings, and I saw one painting worth £50,000, 
and another one worth £100,000. I mean, why the difference? I, I just don't understand. Okay. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, one of them must have been bigger. <laughs> I didn't realise that was the main standard. Well, it's not the main standard. It's the only standard. I mean, you can't expect to get a, get a family estate for the price of a Fiat 127. I mean, the bigger it is, the more it's going to cost. I mean, the same rule applies in the art world. Oh, wait a minute, I mean, the Mona Lisa isn't a very big painting, is it? No, no. See, but it's very deceptive. It's very thick. <laughs> thick? Oh, yes, it's a very, very thick painting. You see, da Vinci used lots of paint. I mean, great big dollops, in fact. So it doesn't look particularly large, but it is, in fact, a very, very deep painting. I mean, I, I mean, there's more paint in that smile than a lot of artists use in a lifetime. So you see, size is very important. Well, I'm certainly getting that impression. Well, that's another bunch. The certainlies. No, 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 the impressionists. <laughs> but, you see, they're a very interesting lot because to the layman, a lot of their paintings look very small. But they are, in fact, very large. They just give the impression of being small. Hence the name. <laughs> the smallest. No, the impressionists. <laughs> look, I'm still a bit confused. I saw a very large painting last week only worth £2,000. Oh, no, I don't understand that at all. Uh, unless, of course, was it a portrait? Well, as a matter of fact, yes. Oh, well, there you are. You see, portraits are entirely different. In portraits, it's the size of the subject that determines the price. Who was the subject? Uh, Queen Victoria. Well, there you are. You see, she was tiny, only five foot two. But oh, wait a minute. Last week, I saw a portrait of Lester Piggott going for £30,000. <laughs> was he on a horse? <laughs> this joke is a knock, knock, joke. Good afternoon. Ah, good afternoon. My name is irrelevant, as is that of my traveling companion, Davis. However, rustic little gentleman, we are desirous of a bed for the night. I beg your pardon, I, sir. Sorry, sorry, let me explain. Uh, my name is Davis, as is that of my traveling companion, Irrelevant. However, rustic little gentleman, we are desirous of a bed for the night. Ah, no, sirs. You wouldn't want to stay here. But we are both wearied. Davis, my traveling companion and I. Oh, that's as may be. But there be some mighty strange happenings that have been happening <laughs> round here of late. I first noticed it about two to three weeks ago. <laughs> and it's been happening ever since. Pray continue, rustic little gentleman. This is riveting, if not a little mysterious. Well, at first light, I just thought it was an old wife's tale. But the longer it goes on, and the more often it happens, see? Oh, I'm all convinced I'll become. I mean, there's definitely something funny going on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> God damn it, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, are you staying or not? Uh, I think Davis and I would like to discuss this in private. Listen, Davis, I don't like it. I mean, it might be contagious. I have never before Shh. heard so much goddamn garbage. <laughs> But Davis, there might be something in it. Are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell me that you believe in this old wise tale now? Excuse me, are you going to stay or not? Well, I don't know, see, what do you think, Davis? Well, I mean, I, I don't know either. I mean, what's the situation here, Rusty? I mean, is this a parallel deflection or a what? Well, some have survived and some not. 
But the worst of it is that after a while, you don't know what accent you're talking in. You've gone round and round in circles. You don't know where you're coming or going. <laughs> Davis, let's get out of here. Well, we still can. Yes. What was that? Sorry. I thought I heard something. There it is again. What? Music. Did you say... Yes. No. <laughs> Did you say music? Yes. But you didn't say yes. No. But you definitely said music. Yes. Oh, dear. That only means one thing. There's going to be a terrible murder. And it's probably going to be Davis. No. Because he hasn't said much. <laughs> and everyone's going to suspect me because I'm wild suspicious. And then there's going to be a really clever twist at the end. And it's going to turn out it was irrelevant all along. No, 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 me, no. Oh, no, yes, no. that's what music oh, means. No, no. Oh, no. Rhymes with voracious. Clever, I sound really clever. Because I know precacious rhymes with pugnacious. Malicious, pernicious, suspicious. You probably don't know what they mean. Which makes me clever, so frightfully clever. I can fit in a hell of a lot of words in every line. Big words, incredibly big words. And some of them are really huge. Ostentatious, rapacious, fugacious, palacious, loquacious, enunciatious. You probably don't know, you probably don't know, you probably don't know what they mean. Thank you. Thank you so much. I should now um, like to sing you a song that I wrote. Long ago and far away. <laughs> clever, I'm perfectly clever. Have you seen the letters we got? No. We've done it. We're through. What do you mean? Drumnadrocket. They love the show. We got four letters from there this week. Fantastic. All from different people. Oh, brilliant. Well, you know the old saying, if you crack Drumnadrocket, you stand a good chance of cracking a few of the local farmers as well. I've never heard of that. Well, that's well known in Drumnadrocket. I mean, how many farmers are we talking about? Four. Plus their families. And their stock. I think we can forget about the stock, Gordy. Do you? Well, well, listen to these. Um, dear sir, my sheep and I enjoyed your show immensely, especially the Merino sketch. Huh. Yeah, and look at this one, Murray. Dear Badgers, my entire family, particularly my herd of prize Aberdeen Angus, enjoyed your show immensely. We laughed until we stopped. You have sent them to the abattoir with a smile on their faces, and for that, I thank you. And we got a couple of letters from Tilly Cootry. Wow, <laughs> 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 Where's that? It's about a mile from Drumnadrocket. And look, look, if we can just crack the Yetz and Muckert, okay, which is a village just down the road from Tilly Cootry, then we could be on to something big. Yeah, right. Hey, lads, 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 easy, easy. Come on, let's not get carried away with ourselves. You know, I mean, we'll be talking about Ocket yeah, 2 yeah, yeah. next. 
Yeah, okay, Murray's right. I mean, let's just remember who we are. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. I mean, I can't be doing all this self-congratulatory mm. with crack drum the rocket, we're the guys mm -hmm. bit, okay? Yeah. So let's Fair just enough. calm yeah. it down. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just all settle down yeah. a bit, okay? Yeah. Right. Okay. Remember our roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, we've still got to go back out there and entertain, mm -hmm. you know? We're not just a parochial show. We've got a long way to go, so... Okay? Oh, we've got it right back to them. We've yeah. got to. Yeah. Let's do a tour. Yeah. Yeah, I've always liked sheep. Knock. What are you reading, John? It's incredible, Murray. It's incredible. It's Nostradamus's predictions. It was unbelievable. It was written over 400 years ago, yeah? And he predicted everything that's happened in the 20th century. Look, I mean, listen. Listen to this. Beware of the man with the small black hairs. The small black hairs. Incredible. What? Well, don't you see? It's Hitler. Small black hairs. Well, he hardly predicted what was going to happen. That's not all he said. Look, beware of the man with the small black hairs. Listen, he's up to no good. Remarkable. Come, wait to hear this one. Wait to hear this one. The son of the bovine shall cause great distress. Well, son, boy, bovine, cow. Cowboy shall cause great distress. Ronald Reagan, it's staring you in the face. Look, <laughs> John, it could be anyone. Wait, there's more. There's more. The son of the bovine shall cause great distress and make extremely bad movies. <laughs> I think the evidence is pretty overwhelming. Oh, yeah, John, this really is fascinating. Oh, if you think this is fascinating, listen to this. In 1984, the First Lady will pause heavily and gain some silver. And what does that mean? Murray, the First Lady, Eve, shall pause air heavily ton. Eve, air ton. She'll gain some silver. 400 years ago, he predicted that Everton would win the FA Cup. <laughs> I mean, don't you find that interesting? Uh, knock. Well, Jock, what about last night's result? Well, obviously, David, uh, I don't think the lads really played to their fullest potential. Uh, we didn't take full advantage of the fact that the opposition didn't turn up until 15 minutes into the first half. <laughs> but uh, when they did arrive, we were only four down. Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't all that bad. Well, what about the opposition, Jock? Oh, they're a good team, David. Oh, yes, but I mean, are Fiji really a world-class outfit? <laughs> After all, there are only seven men on the island. Well, yes, uh, there are only seven men on the island, David, but I thought the teenage girl on the left wing was absolutely tremendous. Uh, <laughs> not to mention the rabbit in goal. Yes, but you were beaten 27-0. Oh, yes, we were beaten 27-0, David, but I was very dubious about the 15th. Uh, <laughs> had that decision gone the other way, the game could have been thrown wide open. Uh, the score isn't everything, David. I think we can claim a moral victory. Or at least a psychological victory. And certainly a victory in every sense of the word victory. Except, of course, the definition of the word victory that you'd find in a dictionary. <laughs> Joe, with all respect, I, I must question your decision to play Big Joe. Especially considering he was killed in a car crash last week. <laughs> well, David, I felt that for such an important game, it wasn't really time to experiment with new blood. Uh, <laughs> and I decided to stick with the old guard. Well, he did show great positional sense. The way he just uh, lay around the centre of the field. Yeah. Uh, you know, and let's not deny it, he made some really decisive tackles. Uh, Jock, could, could we have a quick prediction for next week? Go on! Well, not quite that quick, Jock. Uh... 
two, one. Oh, this is a farce. Look, John, if this was a farce, you'd have your trousers round your ankles. <laughs> I do. Oh. So you do. And you're wearing stripy underpants to great comic effects, I might add. Quick, hide, it's her husband. <laughs> Whereabouts? In the cupboard. Okay, okay, listen, before we go, could you just give me a, a quick resume of the plot? Yeah, okay, look, I'm cuckolding Gordon's wife. Cuckolding? Right? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what it means, but whenever anybody does it, they end up in a cupboard, okay? Okay. <laughs> go on, go on. And, and Gordon, Gordon is going to find me, is going to come in any minute and find me with my trousers down, literally and metaphorically. But what am I doing here? Well, you're cuckolding Gordon as well, unknown to me. Oh, and you're cuckolding Gordon, unknown to me. Yeah, but for the present, we've got to forget our differences and hide in the cupboard, because we're both about to be caught. And are my trousers round my ankles? Yes. <laughs> and is it funny? Yes, very. Now, come on, in this cupboard. <laughs> that's us hiding in the cupboard, then. Yes, that's us in the cupboard now, hiding. Oh, here I am at home. <clears throat> hmm, I wonder if there's any mail for me. Let's see. Gordon Kennedy. Yes, that's me, Gordon, the husband. Well, I suppose I'd better take my coat off and hang it in the cupboard. Did you hear that? Yeah, he's going to find us. Unless, of course, unless, of course, we sneak out. And while his back's turned, creep very slowly past him and hide in the other cupboard. Right, that should fool them. Yes, and in addition, it should also be riotously funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll just go and look out of the window for a moment. Uh, my name's Gordon, by the way. That's our chance. Let's go. He hasn't seen us. This is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> you realise that, don't you? It's an utter scream. Now, quick, in the other cupboard. <laughs> My name's Gordon, and I think I'll open the window, actually, just in case someone has to hide out on the ledge. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Put my coat in the cupboard. Oh, no. This cupboard's full. I'll have to put my coat in the other cupboard. Oh, God. We're really in the... Cupboard? Yeah. We're really in the cupboard now. What's going to happen? I have no idea. Although, at a rough guess, I suspect Gordon will come over, open the door, put his coat in the cupboard, close the door, double take, open the door again and discover us. He'll scream, I'll scream, you'll scream. Then we'll all scream. We'll rush out. There'll be a chase. His trousers will fall down. I'll pretend to be a lampshade. You'll pretend to be a tiger skin. He'll stand on your head. You'll scream. His wife will come in. She'll scream. We'll all scream. All our clothes will fall off. We'll nip out of the window. The window will fall shut and jam. They'll have an argument. We won't be able to get back in. We'll crawl along the ledge, climb in the bedroom window, and catch their French maid with her legs wrapped round in a cup. French? Yeah, you know, French, like, uh, like you know, your onions, uh, uh, Paris, Eiffel Tower, uh, Pond on the Ground by Constance Wazo, Chanté dans les Arbres. Did, did, did you see that French film the other night? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was good, wasn't it? I don't understand you, John. We're in the middle of the far sketch, it's going quite nicely, the audience are enjoying it, and you suddenly start talking about French films. I mean, what's going on? I'm just trying to raise the tone of the show a bit, Murray, that's all. Well, you don't normally watch French films. I do so. I can just hear you. I'm going to be on the radio tomorrow. Perhaps if I watch this French film, I can drop it into the conversation. Pathetic. I happen to have a very high regard for French films. I watch one every year. Anyway, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, it was one of the best discussions of contemporary French communism I think I've ever seen. Yeah, and the f***s and bums were superb. I know what bums are, but what on earth are f***s? The breasts at 6.30. Oh, yeah. Okay, I mean, come on, John, there was more to the film than just f***s and bums. Was there? Damn, I must have missed that. No, I mean, it was an intellectual film. Oh, it was very clever, certainly. I mean, getting away with all those nude scenes, I mean, that was smart. I mean, did you see the size of them? 
people. Oh, it wasn't just sex. It was an integral part of the plot. Well, did you see the size of the plot then? Look, it wasn't just breasts for the sake of it. Those breasts were intellectuals. I mean, most of them probably had PhDs. They're your thinking man's breasts. That's how they can show them. Because while they're showing them, your thinking man is thinking about something else. Like what? Well, he's thinking about the symbolism. Like, that bottom we saw three times was symbolic of the fact that Marianne had a bottom. Well, it's hardly revolutionary. You're missing the point. I mean, that wasn't all. It was essentially a communist bottom. I mean, take the red bits and, and the round, the roundness. So what does that show? Well, it, it shows how round communism has become, whilst at the same time being split down the middle. So why didn't they show a man's bottom? Because communism isn't hairy. I've seen some hairy communists. Well, look at Karl Marx. He's one of the hairiest men I've ever seen. A hairy man, yes. But his bottom, smooth as you like. Well, how do you know? Because that's what the director was telling us. What? You mean, you're trying to tell me that the message of that film was that French communism has no hairs on its bottom? Yes. Rubbish. I'll tell you what the director was saying. He was saying, quite simply, roll up, roll up. I've got a bottom on my screen, and I invite you to have a butcher's. Well, say what you like, John, but personally, I think there's no finer sight than an intelligent, artistically justified bottom. No. Apart from perhaps an intelligent, artistically justified pert bottom. Yeah. Anyway, look, we better get back out. Yeah. Uh, oh, Murray, you can pull your trousers up now, by the way. Right. Uh, uh, who's there? Uh, Luke Murray, um, this is Holger. He's from Germany, and uh, he's going to be joining us for the rest of the show. So, um, if you could just uh, look after him, okay? Oh, yeah, sure. So, uh, you're from Germany, then? <laughs> yes, Germany. <laughs> Have you ever been to Germany? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I know someone that has, though. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, <laughs> Neville. Chamberlain. <laughs> he's, he's been there. <clears throat> Whereabouts in Germany are you from? Bremen. Oh, Bremen, eh? We had a Scottish football captain called Bremner. <laughs> Bremen? No, no. Bremner. It's like Bremen. Whereabouts is it, this uh, uh, Bremner? Uh, Doncaster Rovers, I think. <laughs> this Bremner, it is like Bremen? Oh, yes, very alike. Is Bremen small? Oh, yes, very small. Oh, so is Bremner. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, nice to have you along, and I, I'm sure you'll be a great help to the cast. Uh, what do I have to do? Well, look, you can be Inspector Teal, okay? Inspector Teal? Yes, you just knock on this door. Okay, so uh, good luck, Holger. Klaus. Eh, Klaus, Olga. <laughs> Good afternoon, Inspector Thiel from the Yard. Ah, um, come in, Inspector. Thanks for coming. Um, I'm Mr. Goldstein's brother. Right, sir. Now tell me, when did the tape arrive? Um, about a quarter of an hour ago. I see. Uh, could I have a listen, please? Uh, certainly, Inspector. All right, Mr. Goldstein. We've, uh, got your brother. And he's okay. Now then, if you comply with our demands, you've got nothing to worry about. In the other hand, if you don't comply, we may get a bit careless. We're after a quarter of a million pounds. 
and we know you've got it. So I'll be phoning you in about half an hour of delivery of this cassette to make the arrangements. In the meantime, here's some music. to people I meet because I've got a stutter. The only time I talk to girls is when I'm feeling guttered. I can't go to parties, my life's a misery. Cause I get nervous and I forget my Cause I've got a stammer No one ever talks to me Cause of my awful grammar I hate all these people They make life misery I hate them and I think they're all no 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 they're nerds We're nerds Tell me What do you want? What can I do? Nothing I can't even I don't know why I bother I ain't got much to say I just like the chance to say it anyway I stand here with my beer Staring at the sediment No one ever talks to me Cause of my speech and I hate all these people, they make life misery. I hate them because I forget my my words. His words. His words. Nobody, they couldn't wait. Well, I'm sorry about that. I really can't apologise enough. And I'm sure Johnny, Murray, Pete, Gordy, the writers, John and Murray, the songster Pete and the producer Alan Nixon would join me in apologising for that debacle. Honestly, you pay good money to get a radio and then you have to listen to the bodgers. Honestly, it won't happen again. Well, it will, once. 
But let's pretend it won't. Uh, thank you and good night. And following a number of requests from listeners, the Bodger signature tune is now available on record, cassette and a very compact disc. After the seven o'clock news, The Archer.